You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, another big guest, Washington head coach Ron Rivera. We spoke to him earlier today via Zoom and I was able to spend a few more minutes with him for the podcast. I'm sure there are going to be times you're screaming, why didn't you ask him this as a follow-up? Trust me, I do the same when I listen sometimes. But I wanted to roll through as many questions as possible and not take advantage of his time because he was on a tight schedule on a busy day. He was, as usual, insightful about why he wanted a general manager his thoughts on trades, and yes, Taylor Heineke. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story out soon on Washington's search for a quarterback. It's a never-ending one, as you know. I did not get into personnel decisions with Rivera because I know he's not going to answer those right now. They were meeting earlier this week about guys, but they want to talk to all these guys first to inform them of what their plans are. He, did, he was asked about Brandon Sheriff on the earlier Zoom call, and basically he said he's one of the players that they've been talking about. I can tell you they'd obviously like to assign him, but the co- and he'd like to come back, but the cost would be at least $14 million per year, maybe at 15. Rivera has talked a lot about building the offensive line. Losing Sheriff wouldn't help. And now, here's my conversation with Washington football coach Ron Rivera. I know everyone wants to talk about quarterback, and I'll get there in a minute, but I do want to talk about the GM um, situation, hiring Marty or Martin Mayhew and then Marty to be the VP, executive VP of player personnel. And something you said in our Zoom call was about you know, how you were getting through the year and realizing that you'd need somebody to take some of the stuff off of your plate. Was it more than you thought it would be, or did you kind of anticipate that anyway? No, I anticipated it being a lot, but – you know, it's funny, in light of everything we had gone through, all the way, I mean, and, and I look back retrospectively at when the situations first started coming up, okay? I mean, getting ready for, for, for free agency, the draft, there wasn't much to it. I mean, we did what we normally do. Then the Zoom meeting started and, and all that stuff, and it got a little different, a little more complicated. Um, and then the social issues came up, the, the, the team name came up, then the uh, investigation on the on on the behavior came up, uh, you know the the those things really came into play. Then the name change got even even more hairier uh, than obviously my health situation. And then we started camp, and I I looked at all this guy that was a lot to deal with, and if we had somebody else that could have helped, that could have taken that load off during those that period, it would have been cool, you know? Um, and then as we got into the season and it, it happened as I was finishing up my treatments and I just kept thinking about every day, Rob Rogers would come in and we would go through a number of things. And I knew it was taking from Rob's place 
the thing that we had going for us was the fact that Rob's family hadn't moved up yet. They were still back in Carolina. So he spent hours here. He really did. And, and, and he should be commended for it. And as I said, the unsung hero of last year, last season really was Rob Rogers. I, and, and, and I just think he deserves a, a world of credit for everything that, that we went through and the success we had because of him. What are some of the little things that people may not get what a GM does during the season that you just said, man, it'd be better to have somebody experience with this so I can just focus on coaching right now? Well, it was like every day you, you, you go through the roster, you go through the makeup of your roster, you're looking at the wires. Rob and I would talk about the wires. Rob would talk to, 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 to our personnel guys, and he'd come to me with names that they, they, they came out. They, we talked about workouts that they wanted to plan. Um, we talked about the roster, what, what our 48 guys were going to be, who were going to be up on game day, um, who we were going to protect, you know, based on the new rules that we had. Rob would come to me after reading all the rules. Um, the dude was invaluable. And, and, and when you have one guy that's doing it and yet he's still doing his job and doing his job very well, you know, because again, we were able to get Chase Rulier signed by the end of the year. Um, you know, those are the things that 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 typically get handled by the the general manager, get, get handled by those, you know, by the executives. Um, those were some of the things. And we did it every day. And 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 what it did was it pulled me away from my opportunity to, to, to focus on the on the on the game plan, on the players. You know, a lot of things pulled me away, um, obviously, but that was one of the things. And just looking back, thinking, gosh, I, I, I do need some help. I really, truly do need some help. How can that make you a better coach now with having that guy? I think what's going to do is it, it's going to relieve me of, of some of the of some of the um, decision making, um, because what will happen is certain aspects of it will be just delegated to 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 Martin and Marty. Um, you know, hey, they're going to set up when we're going to when we're going to do our workouts with the with the with the free agents. They're going to they're going to be constantly looking at the waiver wire, putting these guys on the emergency list. And then when something happens, say, hey, coach, we're bringing this guy in, we're bringing this guy in, we're bringing this guy in, as opposed to saying, you know what, ah, we should think, of, well, let's let's see if we can do, you know, instead of me having to do it, it's going to already be done for us. Um, and, and that's the beauty of having guys that understand you, understand us, uh, and understand uh, what's out there um, help us. And then obviously, you know, we get asked a lot and you got asked about Kyle Smith. He was in the building, good reputation, and he was able to go and you went you went outside to do that. And you talked about a fresh start. Um, how important is it to have that? And, you know, when did you decide that maybe this is what was best, the direction to go? I, I would say probably halfway through it as well. You know, when you look at things and some things stay the same. And it's, it's that old cliche that, you know, if you keep doing the same thing and you expect different results, you know, that's insanity. And I was in Carolina and my last two years were tough. You know, we had some things that just kind of rolled through and they were the same. And I just felt, you know, that, you know, when, when I got let go, that was the best thing for everybody, um, me included, uh, but especially the organization. They needed some fresh ideas some young ideas because, um, you, you know, it's easier to change one person than it is than change the whole organization. And so it was time. And, and so as I looked through it and thinking about it, you know, again, Kyle did a great job. He did. Uh, there are a lot of people that, 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 that were here that were part of what happened. 
And so I just think that this was an opportunity for us to start fresh, an opportunity for him to start fresh. Um, he went to Atlanta, a good organization uh, in a good football city. Um, and I think he'll have success as well. I mean, I, I just, I just, this is a guy that is, is good at what he does. Last thing on the GM front, what kind of energy do Martin and Marty bring to the organization? I think with Marty, what you're going to get is you're going to get a guy that is very passionate about the draft. Um, he, he's, he's, a, he's a road GM. He loves being on the road. He loves seeing games in person. Uh, he loves watching practice, college practices in person. Uh, he loves talking to people face to face. So hopefully once we get out of the situation and circumstances, you know, you'll really see the energy that he has for this and the passion. He really, truly does appreciate this part of the, of, of the game. With Martin, you're going to get a little bit more of a cerebral approach, um, a guy that is analytical, in my opinion, the way he studies things. <clears throat> I think he does a really, really good job with the, with the pro side of it. Um, he's also a good college evaluator, but I think his strength is is because is he's played the game and he knows what it takes. He knows what a good fit is for what you do. At least I believe he does. Um, I think that's what you'll see when you get a chance to watch these guys work. Obviously, the big question then for all you three is the quarterback. And where are you guys at in that? And I know you said you're going to explore your, all, all your options. But where? So where are you at in this process? You went out and you know made a deal or made an attempt to get Matthew Stafford. Where are you at right now? We are at the process of truly, you know, um, leaving no stone unturned. Um, honestly, I, I think the thing that people understand, if you know, because again, I've had conversations with Alex. Um, you know, and those, those are between us, but knowing what we know, looking at what we're looking at, seeing what we're seeing, you know, we have to look, we have to take an opportunity to, to make sure we do our due diligence. Cause if we don't, we're cheating the team, we're cheating the organization. And so we have to do these things. It's, it's, it's our obligation. Um, and, uh, so we'll continue to do it. We'll continue to, 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 to investigate and, and we're going to explore every option. We really are. And then you obviously the nickname Riverboat Ron, and a lot of that's fourth down stuff with the quarterback. And we asked you on the Zoom, but with that, what's the line between being, you know, getting your guy and maybe mortgage in the future? How thin is that line? I think it is a fine line. I really do. Um, I, 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 I like trades, but I don't like coming away from a trade feeling like it was one sided. You know, if, if, if we had dove into what happened with, the Detroit trade, you know, um, I, I don't know how I'd have felt about it. I, I'm ambivalent to it, but I, I, I don't I don't think that's something that I would want to do, um, because, again, if you get what you want, but you don't have what you need, right. then you create problems. If you can't protect the quarterback, if you don't have playmakers around him, then what's the good of having that guy? That's the way I looked at it. And we're still building our roster. We don't have every piece to our puzzle. So we have to be very careful with that, you know, with the decisions we make and how we make that decision. And I know you answered this too, but are there, do you consider anybody on this roster untouchable? How do you, because we ask you that, how do you, what, what's the, what's the reply there? I know this. I, I, you know, it's, it's funny. It, it's, it's like when people ask me about, you know, grading, grade your team, grade your position, grade the job you did. You can't do that because inevitably, no matter what you say, you can't win. So to right. sit there and say, well, this guy's untouchable, and all of a sudden some guy says, we're going to give you our next five years' worth of first-rounders. We're going to give you our entire draft for one guy? Wow. Oh, 
So I, I don't do that. I, I, I don't play that untouchable game. I don't play grade them. I really don't, John. I, I and, yeah. and, you know, because you can't win. I mean, I, you know, how many times you've seen it, you know, somebody says, well, you know, well, yeah, I give this guy an F, that guy a C, that guy a, a, a D. Well, I was an A. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, what about, <laughs> and you're in your, you know, you're, you're six and 10. Well, you know, right. uh, you know, if they'd done what I told them, we'd be, you know, so I don't do it. And that, that's obviously as a coach, you really, you can never leave anything off the table too. I would imagine one of the guys that I always get asked about Taylor Heineke, you know, cause all this talk about find a guy and there are, there's a big cult following for him among this fan base. Now, how does he factor into this whole equation? Well, he's a guy that's most certainly getting an opportunity. You know, I, I think all the guys we have uh, all have an opportunity and, and we'll see how it shakes out as we go forward. But Taylor's a guy that, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to have been around uh, uh, three separate times, uh, two years in Carolina and, and, and one year here, obviously. And the thing about Taylor is in both those opportunities that he's had last season and then a couple seasons ago in Carolina, he took the bull by the horns and, and was pretty good. Um, but unfortunately, both times he hurt himself. Um, thank goodness it's both times it's been on his left side. It was his left elbow in Carolina, and then it was his, his, his collarbone, obviously, here. Um, but he was spectacular. And they were, but they were situations where he could cut it all loose. He had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Now, all of a sudden, it's going to be different. And he gets this opportunity. How's he going to approach it? Is he going to cut sure. it loose? Is he going to play a little more conservative? You know, I have a little saying that when we judge players is that what are the consequences? What are the consequences he has right now? You know, it's funny because you get these young DBs that come in and, you know, during training camp and you may have one guy that stands out and he's got, you know, six interceptions and in, 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 in training camp practices. Then, you know, so you get him into preseason games and, and he gets no interceptions. And everybody goes, oh, what happened? Well, the happen is when he plays in the game, there's consequences. And when you're practicing, there's no consequences. I mean, that makes a big difference. And so that's what will happen. That's what the difference will be for, for Taylor is that how's he going to handle the situations that have true consequences? And there, that certainly changes it. Um, last thing on quarterbacks, how hard is it? You know, everybody wants to find that franchise guy. How many guys would you say are true franchise type quarterbacks? And what are some of the traits you'd look for in a guy like that? I could tell you who I think is a franchise quarterback but it's going to differ from somebody else. Um, but I will tell you this. Um, the one thing that I look for is leadership ability. It's funny because some guys on the field have pure leadership ability and off the field, they don't. Um, but you're looking for pure leadership ability. A guy that's going to, that, 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 that you can win a game with uh, when he plays great, amazing, unbelievable football, and you can still win a game when he plays bad football. That's a that to me is a franchise quarterback. Tom Brady can play average and they can still win. Other quarterbacks play average and they don't have a chance. Okay, that's why Tom Brady is special. That's why Aaron Rodgers is special. Okay, as a guy that can play average and his team can still win, and he can play great and they slaughter you. Those are those are the special quarterbacks. It sounds like that you guys could like if you get in a situation, you may just run it back with what you have and build around and then see what happens next offseason. Is that an option? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you again, you have to explore every opportunity. Sure. You know, our situation right now is, is, is we have four guys. Um, 
And, you know, right now, those are the four guys that we're looking at. Uh, but we're also exploring the opportunities. Now, things are going to change. Things are going to happen. You know, we'll, we'll probably talk to all four guys at some point or another, and we'll hear points of, of view and stuff like that. But uh, those four guys are are, are are good quality young men. They, they have good leadership skills. They're smart. They have football intelligence. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, we're in a tough situation right now because it's so early in the offseason. Absolutely. Last thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about getting the news that you were cancer-free. What did that mean? That meant the world. It really did. I was very fortunate, very blessed. You know, I, I tell people with God's grace, we kicked its butt. But more on a personal family level, it, it was a family victory. You know, um, you know, for my son, it was a, an amazing thing. And, and he, you know, he was here when I was diagnosed and we told the rest of the family. Um, he helped Stephanie and I through the first week of everything. Um, you know, and then he had to go back west. Uh, but Stephanie and Courtney were my primary caregivers at home. They're the ones that took turns shuttling me back and forth to my treatments, to my appointments with the doctors bringing me to work, picking me up. I couldn't drive uh, for obvious reasons, so I had to rely on them. Um, that was uh, that was an amazing thing. Because Stephanie went with me to see Dr. Bajaj when he, you know, when he read the the the, the cat uh, the cat, PET scan and said, "Hey, you're cancer free." We called Courtney immediately because she was on pins and needles and she was so fired up. Uh, we called our son, uh, and the thing though that was most important to me was we called my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, she she had lost one son already to yep. cancer, and this was very difficult on her. And when I told her, you could you could hear the relief. Um, that was an amazing thing. So this was truly a, a family victory. Um, this was truly a team victory because it was a, there was a team of people that helped me through this. Uh, I hope you had a heck of a celebration that night. We did. We did, John. Thank you. That's great. Ron, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. And we'll, hopefully we'll see you in person at some point. Yeah. Down the I'll road. Look to it. I do, yeah. John. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ron. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'll be back Monday, barring news, with Jim Nagy next week. He's the director of the Senior Bowl, and he gave me terrific insight into a number of players who were in Mobile last week. Some really good names for you to monitor throughout the draft process. We go beyond just the quarterback position. Talk to you next time.